Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of No Credentials Required. We are powered by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And online with me is one of the biggest autograph enthusiasts in the Capital District area of New York. I've got Corey Mansfield with us. Corey, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing well. Just recovering after lots of candy from Halloween. Sugar shock? Sugar shock sugar, or otherwise? Sh- sh- sugar shock. Definite sugar shock. Nice. How much How much candy did your kids uh, take in? So it was just my son because my daughter's in high school now and he went mm-hmm. to his friend's house and he got a lot. Uh, but what's more shocking was we usually get like uh, 150 to 200 kids and we only got like 10 this wow. year at our house. It was very, very slow. And um, not to act like a weirdo, but I went to the store and I was driving around looking for kids. <laughs> to see if they were trick or treating. Did you and, have one of those fan, Corey? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, I got candy. I got oh. candy. Uh, and I was kind of looking around hey, and, 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 I didn't, and I didn't see any. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see any. I didn't see any in any of the the, the neighborhoods. And I went to a uh, a convenience store and asked them if they had seen anybody, and they said they hadn't seen anybody. So I, I wow. guess for the most part, um, the pandemic kind of squashed Halloween this year, just like it did every other holiday so far. So very sad, yeah, but I, yeah, I I went up getting. Uh, we went out getting about fifteen and twenty kids in my neighborhood. And I, I I was giving out goldfish and granola bars, so I was you know okay. trying to mix it up a little bit with the uh, with Halloween stuff. And you know you know you got enough candy as it is. You know gives a little give the kids a little variety. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, my son got what did he get? Something weird. I forgot what he. It was something really strange. Like I I I forgot what it was. It was just something really out. Like some people were kind of, but most people just put like tables in their driveway. And yeah, just put a, I saw that and too. That's, that's what we did. We put a bucket on our steps, and it, it was funny. Kind of one of those like take you know my wife's out the door take more than one take two to three because <laughs> we got to get rid of the candy and yeah and right we didn't actually get rid of all of it and we still have a ton of candy right now so ryan if you want to come over and help me out with the candy be your guest 
or be our guest oh. to come over. So oh, I don't know about that. I got I'm I'm, I'm trying to get in, in a shape that's not round, so that candy I might am, not help. <laughs> yeah, I know it didn't help me at all. So <laughs> all right, so folks, we're going to talk about some. Uh, Pressing topics on our our agenda tonight. We're going to talk about college, fo- a little bit of college football. I didn't watch as much as I should have this weekend, but I know Corey probably watched more than my sh- more than my share. We'll talk about the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes as to who w- w- is in the Catsbird seat. Spoiler alert: It's the Jets. Uh, we'll also talk about the Mets sale approval to Steve Cohen. So the Will Pond nightmare is apparently over, and we'll talk about in pop culture corner. The Mandalorian season two premiere. So let's dive into things. Corey, big weekend in college football. What'd you watch and what'd you think? Uh, I watched Michigan, Michigan State, and uh, obviously it was Halloween, and I made a promise to my wife to get outside and put the patio furniture away, which is a good thing considering the weather we had today. Uh, and had to rake the leaves, so I got all that stuff. So I watched that one game. Um, mm-hmm. Very, uh, it, it was very interesting to watch. Um, Michigan and Michigan State. Now, you're talking about Michigan who came off a big week last week against or two weeks ago against Minnesota. They upset Minnesota. Actually, Minnesota's 0-2 right now, which is crazy to think how that team was last year. But Michigan um, beats them, beats them pretty soundly. And then Michigan State lost to Rutgers, who's actually on the uptick right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And Watching those two teams in that game, it was like very, very – it was compelling for me because it was like Michigan State wanted to be out there. Mm -hmm. Michigan State wanted to be on that field, and it felt like Michigan just didn't want to be. And it showed um, with the play calling. um, And and there was a lot of mistakes in that game on both sides from the coaching. I mean, um, the commentators were making a lot of good points about – Michigan's DBs just were getting exposed left and right, um, not only because they play physical and there was a lot of pass interference calls, but at the same time, um, they were just being exposed. And Michigan State wasn't really taking the advantage of, of, of going downfield a lot. And they did, and they, they were able to win the game. But what it just showed was that really outside of Ohio State this year, the Big Ten is wide open. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. That's for sure. Um, I watched a little bit of the end of the Ohio State uh, Penn State game. I'm a Penn, I'm a Penn State fan, as you as you probably as you probably know, uh, Corey. Uh, I watched. Up, it, I kept score. I kept I kept tabs on the score, and at one point it was thirty eight twenty five. I'm like, oh, okay, Penn State's making a comeback, and also, and Ohio State's got forced to punt. Got, got, it was forced to punt with about I think with about four minutes left in the game, and Penn State tried to drive, and then uh, Clifford throws that interception, and just it's game, it's game, and the rallies end. So, so I was a little disappointed. The fact that oh, Penn State is zero and two for the first time, and I can't, I can't remember how long they've been since been, they've been zero and two. So, and, and the the biggest surprise right now, if you really think about it, Wisconsin's probably the second best team in the Big Ten, and the third best, and maybe. The the biggest surprise of them all right now is Indiana. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're playing Michigan this week. So uh, you know you got Indiana who suddenly has turned that turned that page in that program, and they they were pretty decent last year. I mean they weren't great, but they were starting to turn that page. No, now they're thirteen in the year, country. Yeah. And uh, if you look at the really the big game this week for me, uh, obviously Clemson Notre Dame Saturday yep. night. Mm-hmm. That'll probably decide, you know, even if I think even if Clemson loses that game, they still are in a driver's seat to get in the, the college playoff. 
But uh, we have a kind of a, uh, a group of five. We have BYU and Boise State going at it. We had talked about that game a, a couple yep. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so BYU really, if they go out there and they and they and they beat up on Boise State and Zach Wilson, as I think it's Zach Wilson, right? Their QB. Yeah. If they have a, if he has a big game and, and really torches them, then you're going to have to take BYU. Or everybody's going to take BYU very seriously. And yeah. you know, I, I think, I mean, they just uh, destroyed you know uh, Western Kentucky. So w- my big takeaway from this from this past week was I don't think the Big Ten is as good as we thought it was going to be. Yes, Ohio State is a dominant team, but it's really opened up for everybody else. I think the ACC again is all is, is all about Clemson. Um, the SEC again, the SEC is Alabama. So Those right now, Alabama, yeah, and yeah. right now, so I mean, you have to think it's going to be Alabama and Clemson. In Ohio State, barring if any of those teams, if they lose, they might have a problem getting in. I still think Clemson would, or I think if any of those teams lose, they would still get in. But those are the three teams that are going to be in the college football playoff, I think. The fourth mm-hmm. team, still undecided. If Notre Dame loses to Clemson, I think they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at the teams like Texas A&M making a run up the rankings. You know, Florida making their way back up the the the, the top 25. And and then you got to look at Cincinnati, number six. Yeah, I was going to mention them. Yeah, I was going to mention the Cincinnati's in the group of five. They're on their way up. They crush they crush Memphis on Sun on Saturday. They're making their case. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, will it be a group of five team? Will it be Cincinnati making it in if they run? The- I really hope so. I, really I mean, it would, be, so. it would be it would be it would be compelling. I mean, it really, if you think about it from a from a college football standpoint, or from just a, a fan of sports, how sick are you of seeing Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State in this? I think I'm pretty sick of it. Oh, and I was, it's, yeah, it's it's monopoly. I hate. I, I can't stand it. I mean, I would I would love to see a Cincinnati or an Indiana or a BYU get into it. And you get new teams that are in it. The culture, it's a little bit different. You get to see these teams and you get to see them play for a national championship. I'm sick of seeing Alabama and I'm sick of seeing Clemson. And I mean, yeah, they're great teams. They earn it. But at the same time, I don't think it's good for the sport. I really don't. I think it it turns people off. It really does. No, and and the ratings for for major sports are down already as it is. NFL's down. Major League Baseball was down. NBA was down. NHL was hockey. NHL in America, it's a niche sport. You could you could argue college football has has the potential to take over. But like you said, Corey, if, if you're seeing the same four, same three teams in the college football playoff every single year, it's going to get boring after a while. So I want to actually look at the rankings right now, and don't look now, Corey. But here comes Coastal Carolina. I know surf, surf. that's your that's your man crush. That's my, my, that's man, my team my- crush. That's my, my team my, crush. My team crush. Already, they lost. They got two losses now, so they're out. Oh, so. yeah. I see that they're not. They're in the top 25 anymore. You know, but you know who's in the top 25 now, Corey? It's a, it's a program we mentioned last week that is also in the up and up. Liberty. 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 They're 6-0. and They're in the top 25 for the first time ever. It, that These are the games that you that people want to see. You don't – when you turn a TV on, you have to watch like – you know, MSG or something to get a game, these teams to watch them play. They're never on an, uh, you know, they're never on major networks. So you don't get to see them. This exposure for these programs is great. I love watching teams that are, you know, 
making their way up. Like you look at that right now. I mean, SMU, Marshall, uh, Marshall, yeah, Marshall. sixteen. They're five and zero. Yeah, I mean, these teams are what you really want to watch. You know, I mean, I you, you know what you're getting when you get Clemson. They've been like that for you know what you're getting with Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know what you're getting with these programs. I want to see BYU. I want to see Cincinnati. I want to yeah. see Indiana. That's what I want to see. I don't and, and there's other programs that are coming up. You know, Rutgers suddenly Greg Schiano has turned a page there. Are that is that is that program suddenly going to become relevant again? They were, you know, but I want to see teams that aren't traditionally there that's just how i yeah. feel so yeah no i, I got you because i'm gonna i'm gonna say right now you mentioned you mentioned byu if they continue to run the table and zach wilson is having the season that he's, that he's having i think he could be a finalist for the for the heisman i'll go even further there, with that put him in there with justin fields put him in there with uh with uh mac jones of alabama put him I'll in that discussion even, i'll go even further with that when we get into our next segment this weekend's going to be this. This weekend's got a lot of different matchups. Uh, Notre Dame, Clemson. Yep, Notre Dame, Clemson, Michigan, Iowa, uh, Michigan, Indiana. Excuse me. SMU's got Temple. Um, actually, that's a win. Liberty is at Virginia Tech, and if Liberty wins that game, oh man, oh man, they're, and they're an independent, so they could get some. They could get themselves some votes. Indiana, BYU, Michigan. Yep, yep. BYU, Boise State. Florida, uh, yeah, Georgia, Florida, Georgia. Oh, oh, the world's biggest cocktail party. Yeah, that's yep. that's gonna be a, that's yep. gonna be a fun one. Uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's coming back, and I want to touch upon something uh, from last week. Now, Wisconsin had to. I think Wisconsin's game against Nebraska was declared no contest, if I'm not mistaken. But Paul Feinbaum, Feinbaum from ESPN, he's an. He, I'm gonna say it right. I'm gonna say it. It's, it's my hot take. He's an SEC hack. He can. He told. He, he called Nebraska an embarrassment. You know why? Because they didn't. Because since their game got taken against Wisconsin, got taken away, they wanted to play Chattanooga. Chattanooga was willing to come on in or or go go to Lincoln or they were going, willing to go to Chattanooga. Nebraska was willing to go in Chattanooga and play because they wanted to play a game. I don't blame them because you you want to stay. You want to keep your starters fresh. You want to keep your you're going to keep your players fresh. Yeah, you, you got. You got stomped on by Ohio State, but who's not going to get stomped on by Ohio State this year? And Paul Feinbaum called them a total embarrassment. They said they said they should be kicked out of the Big Ten. I say Nebraska should just leave the Big Ten altogether. I talked about that weeks ago. That they might they they even the Big Ten didn't have a season this year, they would have gone rogue and played an independent schedule. I think you're as funny as this may sound. You know, Notre Dame for the for almost their entire history was it was an independent. Yeah, they've been and, an independent for for forever, and I think Army was too for pretty much ever too. And Army's the, been an independent. BYU just recently became an independent as of probably about the last half decade or so. I think you're going to see some. We had hear, heard years ago that te- there were going to have these power conferences, and these were going to be these super conferences. Where, but I think you're going to start to see teams become independents. I think they're just going to get frustrated with the politics of being in these conferences that are really dictating their programs. And I think you're going to say, and I, I, I would not have a problem with Nebraska leaving that conference. I don't think it's the right fit for them. I don't think it feels right. It still feels kind of weird seeing them play Michigan and, and Wisconsin. I mean, I was always used to Nebraska, you know, you and I both playing Colorado, um, playing Texas. I mean, those were the games you looked forward to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yeah, um, and you don't get to see those anymore. And I, I, I really think they're better suited for the for the Big Twelve as opposed to the Big Ten. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's we'll we'll see what happens. I, I, I have a close friend who's from Nebraska. He actually went to the University of Nebraska. He's actually he's he's actually ministering on the campus of the University of Nebraska right now. So uh, I'll talk to him a little bit more about that and touch upon that. Maybe give me some feedback as to what is going on with Nebraska and the Big Ten. I I know the primary the primary reason why I'll find out with him is that the reason why the Nebraska went to the Big Ten was because of academic reasons. What the, not because of athletics, it's because of academic reasons. I guess what happened with the Big Twelve lowered their academic standards. Nebraska said, "No, we we gotta we gotta keep our we gotta keep our academic standards high and tight," and they went to the Big Ten. That's why they went to the Big Ten. So. Well, it's a it's an interesting landscape in college football these days and in the uh, FBS, and we'll see what happens the rest of the, for this month. It's going to be an interesting month, that's for sure. Pac-12 is coming back this weekend, too. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. All right, so let's move on to the next topic, which is the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Now, Trevor Lawrence hasn't declared whether or not he's going to enter the NFL draft. I think he will. Uh, right now, he's actually he's actually not playing this weekend. He didn't play this past weekend against BC, and he's not playing this week against Notre Dame because he's got the COVID. He's got he's got get diagnosed with COVID, and he won't be playing this weekend against Notre Dame. So, uh, but still, he remains the projected number one pick in the draft for the twenty twenty one NFL draft. Right now, the New York Jets are are in the catbird seat in terms of the number one pick because they're terrible. I mean, they're zero and eight, <laughs> so so they're in the they're in the the top they they have the top pick in the draft. But according to Tankathon, according to Tankathon. The Giants are number two. Jacksonville's number three. Miami via Houston is number four, and they're not going to pick. They're not going to pick uh, Trevor Lawrence because they got Tua in, the, in this year's draft. But Corey, let's take a look at the uh, the, the sweepstakes right now. Do you see the Jets going zero and sixteen on purpose so they can dra- so they can let go of Sam Darnold and the Sam Darnold era being being over? And we'll touch upon that in a moment, but. What do you see in in the in the uh, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes? Do you think he becomes a Jet in the in in the the draft? You know, it, it's kind of a if, if you're in a and, and it seems like the Jets have been in a rebuilding mode for twenty years. If, if you're the Jets and you have, it, it seems like almost like a slam dunk that you're going to take Trevor Lawrence. But right now, if you look at the landscape, what would the if the Jets were to trade that pick? Let's just say they're entertaining, and I'm sure they are. They're going to look at every scenario to yeah. trade that pick to help their team get better. Yes, they have Darnold. But here's the thing, though. There's a lot of quarterbacks coming out in this draft. There are, yeah. And, and you know, so you could get – I think they're predicting in the top 10, maybe four quarterbacks going. Um, Lawrence, uh, Wilson out of BYU. Justin uh, Fields, Trey Justin, Lance. Trey Lance, yep. So, I mean – if you're looking for a franchise quarterback and you're moving on from from Darnold, but you're you're going to need other parts. The Jets have a terrible team, and they're trading away pieces. They just tra- traded away Avery Williamson today to the yep. Steelers, so mm-hmm. they're they're in, they know they're in full blown rebuilding mode. So you're going to need draft picks. You're going to need money. There's a lot of things that you're going to need in order to turn that franchise around. Yep. So if you're saying Let's entertain trading that pick possibly. Mm-hmm. Is it going to take two first-round picks? Is it going to take a first-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year? Is it take two first-round picks this year? Think about it. Only two teams have two first-round picks this year right? as of right now, the Dolphins and the Jags. So if you're the Jags. And the Jets. And the Jets. And the Jets. So if the if the Jags, who De- Gardner Minshew is not the, the, the solution there. 
if 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 they're talking with the Jets and the Jets have a chance to better their team with draft picks and get better and trade that pick, I, I think you do it because you're still going to be, if you move down to the third spot where the, currently the Jags would be, you could get Zach Wilson out of BYU. And when I have, when I look at quarterbacks, I don't, I don't think, I think Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he's surrounded by great players. Travis Etienne, he's got a, and other players, he's got a lot of great players. So when you put him on a bad team, how's he going to react? BYU doesn't have a lot of talent. They have a great quarterback. How would somebody, and this is where it gets back to my point previous, if I'm the Jets, I'm saying, can we make our team better? Can we get four, can we get two, three, four, maybe five draft picks for the Trevor Lawrence? Mm -hmm. Then take a quarterback, you know, three or four or five, and then, you know, get better. I mean, regardless, if the Jets get there and it's in April, and, the, and there's nothing has happened. They have the first pick. Lawrence is already – they're going to take him. Mm. And then you never know. They could trade him down the road. It could be like back in 2004. got to remember, a lot of quarterbacks in 2004. Yep. Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning. Eli that's Manning. Thing. So, I mean, I could see that happening. I just don't think by taking Trevor Lawrence, putting him on a bad team, makes the Jets any better. You need okay. more players. Okay. Better players. Yeah, I mean, right now the Jets have. Well, they're going to project. They are going to the the looking at projecting about eighty to ninety eighty to ninety million dollars in cap space next season. The cap's going to go down because the economics with the COVID situation. They're going to build around if they draft a guy like Lawrence, if they draft Fields, if they draft Lance, if they. I mean, it's, it's also going to depend on a who the next head coach is going to be. The signs are there. Adam Gase is going to be gone. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and we'll see who they hire. Will they hire Eric Bieniemy? Will they hire Matt Campbell? Will they take a chance on Jim Harbaugh? If Jim Harbaugh doesn't beat Ohio State this year, he's probably gone from Michigan, the University of Michigan. Could you see? Could we yeah. see him back as an NFL as an NFL head coach? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, so, and we're also looking at the top ten. T- uh, the top ten draft order. According to according to Tankathon, this is the top ten. All right, so it's Jets at one, Giants at two, Jacksonville three, Miami via Houston at four, because LOL Bill O'Brien, uh, Dallas at five, Atlanta six, the Washington team football WTF at seven, Chargers at eight, Patriots at nine, and Minnesota at ten. So say for instance the Jets are gonna they're gonna stick with Sam Darnold. You know, I, and this is this is the part that frustrates me about Darnold. Fans were ex- fans were ecstatic when he was drafted. I mean, for all the faults that Mike McCagnan had, he supposedly hit the jackpot with J- Sam Darnold. He was supposed to be a generational t- generational talent. He was going to make the team better. What's happened the last two years? He's been hurt. He's been he's been he's had mono. He's had a terrible offensive line in front of him, and he he. And he sees ghosts, you know, to 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 put it to put it to put it to a, to, a, to an expression. So if they keep, I mean, they they see the talent he has. He just doesn't have any talent around him to build upon. So let's say, for instance, Dallas finishes, you know, four and twelve, and they're the number five or number four pick in the draft. Order shipments, check. Virtual meeting, check. Schedule heart checkup, done. 
We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. What do you think Jerry Jones would do to draft to would do to trade up to get that number one spot to get Trevor Lawrence and say bye bye to Dak to, to Dak uh, Prescott? What do you well, think he would offer? I think he'd offer a lot, but I think it can be said for all those teams. You look, you just listed ten, those t- top ten teams. Five or I think five or six of them need quarterbacks. Jacksonville, Dallas, Atlanta, New England, Minnesota. Five. Those are the five. They're not trading with New England. The Jets are not trading with New England. That's for sure. But they do need a quarterback, though. They do need a quarterback. That's, yeah, that's that's true. So, you know, Minnesota. I, I think they move on from Kirk Cousins after this year, considering the year he's had. He's already guaranteed basically every single dollar he signed for for the. I think it's what like ninety million dollars guaranteed. That contract, that ridiculous contract, that the, the Vikings threw at him. So, yeah, I mean. Jacksonville could trade up. That's for sure. Dallas, Atlanta, they might be moving. They might be looking to move on. I mean, the trade deadline, as we record, is tomorrow, uh, election day. Uh, so they might be moving, looking to move on from from uh, Matt Ryan after they get a new head coach. Uh, the Chargers don't need a quarterback. Washington, maybe if they trade, uh, they trade Dwayne Haskins. New England's going to need a quarterback, and Minnesota's going to need a quarterback. So yeah, five, maybe six teams might be looking to move up. And they could offer the Jets a king's ransom. Yep. Yeah, at least two first round picks for this year and next year. Maybe a couple of seconds, and maybe even a player, even a, a player that can plug in right now. Like they did with the, the, the deal with the Jamal Adams pick was they brought in Bradley McDougald, who's currently hurt. I mean, come on, what's going on here? But but the Jets went up getting two firsts and I think a third in that deal. So to answer your your question about would the Jets tank go 0-16 to get the first-round pick, I think it was abundantly clear when the team decided to retain Adam Gase that that's what they were doing. Yeah. Um, there's just no doubt in my mind that they just they, – they, they had not, really had nothing to lose. They knew it was a lost season. They I mean, they had right. to. Mm-hmm. And let's just play it out the rest of the way. Maybe we can see what we got here. And then just go from there. So, I mean, obviously, we know there's going to be a new coach next year. Is yeah. is, is he going to be in – I would hope he's in place relatively soon before the draft so they can evaluate the talent and look at it. But like I've said before, I think it's more about the players who, who – who, the quarterback that they got to move forward with, they have to look at the talent that's around him and does he make that talent better because that's what the Jets are going to need. They're not going to need – you know, Trevor Lawrence has a great running game there. The Jets don't have a great running game. Um, and, and that's one of those things where, you know, you got to remember Trevor Lawrence is going to get to the NFL. Some of his, his you know, he's a good passer, but he's got to be a great passer. Is he going to be able to run? Is he going to be hurt? How is losing going to get them? He's only lost once in his college career. If he goes out there and he gets, let's say he gets drafted by the Jets and he, they go, oh, and eight, like they are now with him at quarterback is, is, is his demeanor. Is he going to change as a player? Cause that's exactly what's kind of happened to Sam Darnold. Well, one thing's for sure if the, if the Jets tra- uh, draft Trevor Lawrence is that he's going to have to get a haircut. 
It's New York City. Come on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. So we're speaking of New York, we're going to move on from this uh, from that topic. We're going to talk about uh, something that something co- close to Corey's heart with the New York Mets and Major League Baseball has approved the sale of the Mets to Steve Cohen as a majority owner. Corey, you're a big Mets fan. I've known you for I've known you for a couple of years. You're 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 a big Mets fan. What does this sale mean to Mets fans, uh, to their fan base, to New York City in general? What does it mean to Mets fans? So one of my friends put this very – he kind of worded it great. He said, here's – the Mets' new owner is the type of guy that you could be standing next to in line buying a beer at a Mets game. Mm-hmm. He could be that type of guy. You could be standing next to this guy. This is the owner of the Mets. He's buying a beer. And that's – He's. This is not only probably. This is just a huge move, not only for the Mets but for baseball. You're talking about the Mets, who are a major market team in New York City and have been treated like a small market team, pinching penny for years. You know the Wilpons treated this like it was a business. I mean, you really think about it. Um, when the when they became majority owners, you know, back in two thousand two, the Mets haven't done much since then. And even before that, it was really when the Double Days were there, was when the Mets won the World Series, and the, even then, the Wilpons were partial owners. But you know, you have Steve Cohen now, who is about, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's like thirteen billion dollars richer than the next major league owner. Hmm. I mean, it, it, that's just blows my mind to think that here is a guy who is going to make decisions, baseball decisions, not business decisions. Yes, you have to be a business person, but at the same time, he's a baseball fan and he realizes that. And I think that's what the Mets fans wanted. They wanted a guy who was a, an owner who was a fan, not a business person. And I think from my point of view too, with the, with Mets players, I think that the Met players are going to really respond to him. Hey, we have a boss now who's a fan. He's going to go out there, and, and and I think I couldn't be happier. I mean, the Wilpons were hated universally by Met fans. I I don't yeah. think I, I met a Met fan that talked at all um, positively about the Wilpons. I mean, some of the moves they made, and I think this is transitional for the Mets. I think Brody Van Wagenen's gone. Cindy Alderson's going to be coming back in some yep. kind of role, if not. I think he's going to be executive vice president. Yeah, if not mistaken. And I think Luis Rojas will be relieved of his duties as manager. I don't think he's going to be sticking around. I think they'll they're going to replace him, bring in a more seasoned manager. And you know, Steve Cohen reached out on Twitter. He joined Twitter and wanted to know what the Met fans had to say, and they made a lot of suggestion to him. And I think that's what the Mets fans need. The Met mm-hmm. Met fans. Love the Mets or hate the Mets have some of the most passionate fans in baseball. When the Mets are in the playoffs, that stadium is the loudest in baseball. Mm-hmm. And they want to be there every year. It's it, you're, you're sick of seeing the Mets, you know, being in the playoffs one year and then being last place the next year. Or, or it's just not this is a major market team that needs to be treated like a major market team, not run like they're the Oakland Athletics. With, and that's what the Wilpons did. This is this is huge. I mean, not only for baseball because teams are going to have to take notice that there's a guy with a pretty big pocketbook who can, you know, get some players. But I think it even goes deeper than that. I think it's not always about signing the best players. I think it's about getting the best people in your organization. 
the best scouts, the best coaches, the best instructors, find the right people to fit what you want to do. And I think obviously, I think Cohen's going to do that. He's going to look at some of these, you know, people within the organization and, and make moves that are going to help the team get better. And, and I think this is transitional for baseball. I think this is really going to make a difference in Major League Baseball, not just with the Mets. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, his net worth. I had to look it up while you were ta- while you were talking about the uh, about Cohen. His net worth is anywhere between fourteen and fifteen billion dollars. He paid a little less than two and a half billion for the Mets. That's pocket change. <laughs> I mean, he didn't pay a whole. I mean, I mean, he didn't pay out of out of his net worth to to a whole lot of to as net worth to buy this team. Can he buy the Jets? <laughs> I, you know, that crossed my mind. I was going to go on Twitter and I was going to send him. Can you buy the Jets too? I should have. We should have, Ryan. We should. We, we should have. We should. You know, we'll do that this week. We'll do that okay. this week. Steve buy the Jets or some. We'll have to Steve and the Jets or something. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag Steve is a Jet. <laughs> or yeah, we'll we'll do some we'll do something like a, like a poll question or something like that. So you know, maybe we'll reach out to him on his Twitter account and just say, hey, we want to buy a football team. Yeah, now we could use. I mean, we the Jets could use some energy. That's for sure. I mean, other than having, you know, we I'd rather have a guy who's earned his money rather than guys who have basically been trust fund babies their entire lives. And, and you know what's frustrating about the Wilpon situation was they made a lot of bad business decisions. And if you think about this, the way they handled the Mets was kind of how they ha- handled their investments. And if you look at it, they handled it poorly with the Madoff scheme. Yeah, that was a that was a bad thing. That was bad PR right there. Okay. They did. They made bad business decisions there, and you at that point, as a Met fan, you questioned who's running your team, who are these owners who are running it, who made stupid mistakes like that. But if you see, if you've seen the record for this team in the last twenty years, you can understand why they made they make decisions like that because they made stupid decisions with the Madoff. I mean, if you look at the Mets, they've only made seven playoff appearances. I think in I had I had there was a um. Uh, MetsJunkies.com uh, posted some stats online about it. Uh, seasons with at least a 500 record um, in the last uh, the, 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 in the last 20 years, uh, the Mets have had uh, seven. That's it. Uh, not, the Yankees had 19. Um, and then you look at some of the other numbers. Uh, playoff appearances between 2002 and 2020. Uh, the Mets are the fourth from the bottom. Um, I mean, this isn't indicative of a and, – and you look at the Yankees on these lists and they're almost number one at everything. So you're talking about, quote, unquote, big brother across the boroughs, you know, a short drive or ride away on the seven, who suddenly, you know, it's like these guys are a big market team. They spend, they see success. Why aren't we doing that? And now the Mets have the ability to say, hey, you know what? We can do that now. And that's yeah. exciting for Met fans. And it's going to fill the stadium. That's going to be the biggest thing. I mean, the Mets never had a huge issue selling tickets, but I think fans didn't want to go because they didn't want to support the Wilpons. Right. Right. It's just, it's just going to be like that with the Jets. The, the Jets are not going to, Jets fans are not going to want to support the Johnsons. And, you know, once we're allowed back in stadiums, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you'll see a lot of Mets fans. There's going to be a, definitely a new energy at City Field once we're allowed back in stadiums. <laughs> 
All right. So we're going to end that segment. We're going to move over to Pop Culture Corner. And Corey, do you hear that sound? This is the way. Yeah, I hear it. Mandalorian Season 2, my friend. Mandalorian right. Season 2 debuted on Friday night or Friday period on Disney plus Corey and I, we mentioned, we talked about the Mandalorian trailer uh, about a month or month and a half, two months ago. And I watched it yesterday after the Jets game. Cause I, I just had enough of football. Uh, Corey, what's your impressions of the new season so far? What's the, what's the, what was, uh, what what'd you like about season, uh, season two, episode one? What didn't you like about it? Was it the perfect episode? Was it, does it, does it need some work? What's your impressions? You know, I actually liked Timothy Oliphant. He 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 played um, the marshal. Yeah, yeah, the marshal. Yeah, the, and and I really liked. I like the the thing I like about the Mandalorian more than I like about especially the prequels or the prequels. Well, the prequels and the sequels was if it, it felt like the sequels really rushed the storylines. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian, they're able to develop characters a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, and you hear their backstories and you're kind of, and that's, I think that's what embraces people to the show is you're, you're understanding who these people are and where they come from. And they did a great job with him uh, and his backstory about how he became the marshal. Uh, I think it, it's great. I mean, it really, you got that old West feel from yeah, this. Yeah, the Wild West. What, yeah, I got those Western movie feel. That's for sure. Yep. And it was kind of like that villain who was taking over your town with the, uh, the dragon, um, and it's, you, you get the, you know, you get the, the, the child and, and, and he gets, he has his little, his little camp, his little moments in the show, you know, when he's on the speeder and he kind of is like his, his face is blowing in the wind and yep. type thing, which is kind of funny, but, um, they're just well-developed storylines. I mean, excited. I mean, we're going to, I mean, I don't know if you want to give any spoilers away or can we put spoiler alerts on this or no? Or? Yeah, I'll put spoiler alert in the description. That's for, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, the big, the big thing at the end is you, you knew the whole episode, the whole episode you're thinking, where's Boba Fett? Where's Boba yeah. Fett? Where's mm-hmm. Boba Fett? And you're waiting for, and almost at the end, you kind of forget that right at the end. And then they hit you with it. Yeah. And that's awesome. I mean, now you, it begs the question. So in that okay, so he gets eaten by the Sarlacc in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, or we think he does, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So now the dragon probably ate the Sarlacc. So was he, you know, digested over a thousand years? Was he in the Sarlacc stomach and living, and he was able to get out and get away? And that how everything kind of happened. That you know what I'm saying. Right. So it'd be interesting if they ever explain that. So now we're kind of led to believe that Boba Fett's going to play a much bigger role in this in this season, which I'm excited about. I mean, I'm not a huge Boba Fett fan, but I like it. I like how they're tying it together. What I hope they don't do, and they've kind of teased at this a little bit, don't bring any of the Skywalker stuff into it. Leave that out. Let this be a standalone. Um, and they've hinted, like, you know, you know, mentioning Jedis and stuff like that. I kind of want to keep that separate. Yeah, uh, you know that's how I feel. I agree. I agree. I mean, I mean, there's there's going to be mentions of Jedi's in, in the in the season. Uh, I think uh, uh, Ahsoka is mentioned. Is she's going to be one of the characters? Yep. Yeah. So that probably I'm hoping that's the only Jedi we'll hear about. And I agree that we we do need to keep this storyline separate from the Skywalkers, even though it does take place in the, from what I understand in the Star Wars timeline between the 
and uh, Empire, not the Empire Strikes Back, the uh, Return of the Jedi, and the First Order. Yeah. So, uh, so it, you know, we might see loose mentions of the Skywalkers, but that, I agree that definitely needs to be a different, a different uh, storyline. I, I, yeah, yeah. The, the, I agree with you. The, the Wild West aspect of it, just the standoff in the saloon, <laughs> and you see the child crawl into a spittoon, which was kind of gross, but. Um, but no, you get the backstory. I mean, I, the one thing I, I like about the Mandalorian is that it has different stories in each episode, but they all connect together in some way. Uh, like I, I'm pretty sure you're gonna, we're going to see um, we're going to see Cobb Van in another episode by the end of this by the, end of the season's end. Uh, I think I think this I think this store is uh, if I'm not mistaken, this goes all the way to the new year, or it's only there's only eight episodes of this one. But you know we got. We we have to see some some nostalgia in it with the uh, with the speeder, you know. Like we, he gets lent he gets lent uh, Mando gets lent a speeder to go through uh, to go through. Um, what, Pel- uh, uh, was it uh, Moss yeah. Pel- Peligo? Yeah, and on Tatooine. Yep, Back on, on Tatooine. Uh, yep, Moss Peligo on Tatooine. Peli Motto gives him a speeder. <laughs> so a little bit of nostalgia. I mean. That's also one of the things about this uh, this series is that you get a little bit of nostalgia every single episode. Yeah, you get the you get the you get the speeders, you get the Tuscan Raiders, the Sand People. Uh, they mentioned the Death Star, but the Death Star blowing up. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the Mind Collective, you get to see a little glimpse of. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of this stuff is based on some of the books that were read that were that were, that are out there. The, the 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 fiction that's out there. I didn't read. I I've never read them. Uh, my brothers are big into them. Um, but because they're, they're a couple Star Wars nerds, but I mean, I'm I'm all about the movies more than so than the books. <laughs> so, but I mean, the Boba Fett and Boba Fett's armor too, and the Jawas. You know, he, you know, I, I like Tim Oliphant too. You know, he's he's played a couple of characters like in Justified, and you know, he's he's a very good actor. And if I'm not mistaken, he didn't he win an, didn't he win an Oscar a couple of years ago or an Emmy? He might have. I, I was looking up. <laughs> I was I was just really it's visually, I think more appealing than the than the prequel or the sequels. I I really do. I think the way that they shoot it is just so much better. Um, I I think and I I think we've mentioned this before. I think this is the direction Star Wars needs to go. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think movies are like I said. The character development is is huge. These the the sequels were were rushed. They were rushed. This was they were trying to get through it in a certain amount of time. Now you have eight, ten episodes, depending on how long the series, the season's going to be, to develop characters, to yeah. develop a storyline, and get people to actually enjoy it. Because you're there for an hour, you want to enjoy it. You don't want to be there for two hours and be, you know, miserable and sitting there saying, "All right, this movie is going to get over." You kind of want that cliffhanger at the end, and they did leave it at the last one with the appearance of, of Boba Fett. I mean, yeah. Which was, really cool, yeah. which was really cool. And they did use the same actor who played Django. Morrison, uh, played Boba yeah. Fett. Yep. Played Boba Fett or Django Fett. Django Fett. In the, in the um, prequels. Yep. So, very cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to episode two on Friday when it gets released. Uh, and uh, we're, you know, I'm looking forward to, to more of these kinds of, of uh, Mandalorian as the, as the season goes along. Uh, Corey, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're also very excited about it. Do you, do you watch it with your, uh, with your uh, with your kids and your wife, or just no, no, I, I watch it alone. I, I watch it alone. My son's usually watching something else, but I I put it on alone and kind of just watch it and get involved and get in, you know, um, 
what do you call it? Um, entrenched in it and, and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know. All right. Well, that's going to wrap. I'm going to wrap things up with our, our this, this episode of, of uh, No Credentials Required. Again, it's powered by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. You can go to bellyupsports.com and check out uh, our our prime website, which has some written articles there. I, I wrote about uh, John. I don't know if you heard the story, Corey, about John Lester paying a $47,000 bar tab. I just saw that online. I just saw that. I, I wrote something about it on the on the main site for of uh, Belly Up Sports. So you want to check you want to check that out. Uh, one sh- podcast shout out I want to give on our our podcast network is is Josh Lozano, his Bench Warmers and Burners podcast. He's a he's a Las Vegas radio host, and he's created a modern day podcast for the modern day fan. Tune in some, for some laughs and knowledgeable takes from a colorful cast of characters, including former athletes, betters, and fans. And of course, he's in. Las Vegas, so of course you're gonna get some 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 betters on the uh, on the podcast. So take a listen to his stuff. Uh, his last episode talks about the leg talks about the uh, the Lakers dynasty. I believe he's a uh, I believe he's a, he's a Lakers fan uh, living in Vegas, so he's got some insight about that. And you know we got some pretty exciting things coming down the road for no credentials required. I'm I'm hoping that we can book a former NFL athlete. On our on our on our podcast at some point in the future, so we'll get we'll we'll go into that we'll we'll get to that as uh as time goes on. You know, hopefully in the next couple episodes we'll have that interview. So a little bit of a teaser right there for for no credentials required. So keep listening uh, as more details come up for that. Uh, in the meantime, check out our socials, which we have at Twitter no at no creds r e q. On Facebook, we're at belly up at facebook.com forward slash belly up sports NCR. Check out our socials there. Uh, we have we have our their clips for the new episodes every Wednesday when the episodes release. And we appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us for about a good half hour, 45 minutes, talking some sports and some pop culture. And Corey, do you have anything more, else more to add? No more candy. No more candy. <laughs> Yeah, Thanksgiving's coming soon, so no more candy. We're gonna have plenty of uh, other stuff to go around, like pie and desserts. So, some fun around the corner. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for me and Corey this week on No Credentials Required. Again, we really thank you for for joining us. Uh, as if you could do so, rate, share, subscribe, like, all that fun stuff. We really appreciate any kind of rating or reviews because it gets our 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 podcast, our small little podcast, out in the uh, out in the open for 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 future partnerships and sponsorships and whatnot. So until next time, we'll see you in the media booth. Intro and outro music is On the Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. 
Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service, and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. 